Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, down in Nashville. Billy Spitfire, Billy Spitfire Unlimited. Yes. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our <laughs> show. That sounds fearsome, but it's just meaningful. That was me being thrilled it's to death meaningful in a fearsome way trying to kill you um i'm just gonna <laughs> forego all the pleasantries we've got uh, one of our favorite guests that we've had on the show on again just to catch up and go like hey man what is going on who are you hey guys this is chris benson with r2r electric all hey. right so glad to have you back chris um, great to be back chris vincent of r2r makes some of the most coveted and rare and delicious and delicious <laughs> uh, musical boxes out there in the, on our planet. I'm just going to say on our planet. Yeah. Wow. All right. Out of uh, and you realize that the the center core of the Earth has stopped stopped rotating. I know. And which is that. where you get most of your parts, Chris. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Middle <exactly>. Earth. <laughs> he goes to Middle Earth twice where a year. Where are you from, Chris? I assume not Middle Earth. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm originally from uh, Seattle, Washington, but I'm currently in uh, Los Angeles, California. Ooh, cool. Yeah. We're going to try to stop by and see you there. Trip. We're, we're going to fly out there. We're gonna, we are going to fly out the there. Wings. That's <laughs> right. Do you miss Seattle? Do you miss Seattle, the rain and the fish market? And stuff? I do miss Seattle. I... Uh, there's a lot of parts about it that I miss, but uh, the rain's kind of loud. not always. It's nice to have the sun all the time, but it, it also gets kind of boring having 70 and sunny every day. Oh, that's why I left. It's rough. It's a rough oh, life. Man. I, I don't know yeah. how you do it. It's really <laughs> tough. <laughs> Seasonal depression a lot down here. Yeah. I um, Let's see. I'm taking my head off because now it's we have our own ecosystem in this in this room. It's hot <laughs> or it's cold, and it's rarely in between. Uh, so, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have such a good time. As I mentioned, R2R Electric, uh, it, it, one of the premier pedal companies, building totally hand wired. Um, can I say NOS? Yeah. Uh, builds. And we're going to get all into that, uh, mostly an update from Chris, because our first episode was we dove right into everything that he does um, as in much more detail. Um, so I'm just going to make sure that we are up to date on what what's going on. I know he's got a lot of great things he's been working on. Um, and also some curious questions I think we have for him regarding that. So great. It should be pretty dang fun. And if you want to follow along um, and, and if you even want to say, whoa, 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 stop. I can't go any further, people. I need to hear the OG one. That was episode 209. 209. Episode 209. That was February 25th. Ooh, we're almost. Wow. Yeah. Not, uh, 2021. Wow. 21. Almost two years to Almost the date. Almost two years. Crazy. Doesn't seem like that. Seems like two no. years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, so let's get on with this. We've got lots of awesome stuff to talk about, and we got a full house, which I'm excited about. Jared, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It's uh, good to be back. 
we love having you here. Um, and you can think of a would you rather while you're while you're listening. I'd love to. <laughs> All right. And so it better be good. Let's. We need to just say uh, thank you to. That's right, Road. We need to say thanks to them for providing this amazing equipment. And um, if you know if if you are interested or you're trying to do your own sort of content creation um, or home recording or whatever, they've really gone full force into creating products to help you out. I would highly recommend checking them out. This is not a paid advertisement. Uh, it's just they make good stuff. It's the truth. And if you got good stuff, it, it's more fun to make good things. Correct. It's more fun to make people happy. Yes. And they do. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyways, moving on. Um, I did want to just go right into what's going on in music worlds this week. We got so much to do. Okay. Tanya Balonsky is going to start off. We're going to check in with Chris right after that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Time out. Sorry. Sorry. Where can people go, Chris, to, f- to see what you are doing? Uh, they can check me out uh, at my official website, which is www.r2relectric.com, or I post a lot on Instagram. That's kind of where I keep in touch with most people. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, but my Instagram is at DJ Lava Lamp. Things took off before I could (laughs) switch it back to a business name. So I just said, I'm going to leave it. And what the hell? If you're in the know, that's Yeah, make people work for it. Yeah, exactly. It's not so obvious. Yes, (laughs) that's awesome. Uh, I have an announcement. Do do people ever call up and say, I'd like to purchase, um, I'm a DJ, and I'd like to purchase um, a a lav mic amplifier? You You know, luckily, not yet. Okay, good. I'm still waiting for that day. (laughs) All right, Jared's got an announcement. Yeah, so there is uh, a guitar show, the Amigos Guitar Show in Tennessee. It's called the Nashville Guitar Show, so... Um, I will be there. Um, Todd might be there. It is the 25th and 26th of next month. Yes, um, I'm going to try to do that. Yeah, um, you're. March. I have your name. I have. I, I did get a table, so I have a table there. So if you want to come and meet me, uh, or meet Todd, uh, good luck finding Todd. He likes. He's got his own uh, way of you know checking out guitar shows. He's got his own thing going. Uh, yes. but he has a system. If you bring a frozen turkey, I'll sign it. He's working it. He's working <laughs> Pretty it. much. No, we'd love to. If you're a fan of the show, or you know, yeah. if it's your first time, it doesn't matter. Well, we'd we'll be selling. We'll be. We'll have gear at the table. I'm now. I'm projecting myself to be there. If I do come, I think I might actually try to sell the uh, Sound City Concord. You oh. should. I might. I might give that a shot. Yeah. Why bring not? it on up, uh, Chris. I don't know down. if you are aware, but I have a, a very rare blonde. Uh, Concord that is in it has all the parts it's all original oh, wow. and it's been it's been re um, gone through gone through by uh, Rob Chafe of Mad Cow Amplification that's killer yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a blonde one before yeah I've, I've never seen one either and this is a cool one it's got the sliders and all the cool everything, stuff everything all, all, oh, yeah. all the stuff the original um, Fanes Fanes speakers with the uh, the square back Fanes no mm-hmm. are they square no yeah yeah yeah. No. No. Yeah, the not. mags are, are square, I thought. No, I don't think they are. 
Well, they're Fane yeah. speakers. I'll they're tell Fane you speakers, much. but they have the Dallas Arbiter sticker on still on it. So mm-hmm. killer. Those are cool. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and probably a bunch of other stuff. So, anyways, thanks for that uh, little advertisement there, Jared. That was very thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. No problem, man. Hope to see you guys come down. Yep. yep. Tony, go ahead. Well, you know, Todd, a month ago, yeah, several weeks ago, you sent me a, a, a link and it says, you should buy this. You should buy one of these. What was that? I sent a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You love spending other people's I, almost I as much as I do. Oh, yeah. So I um, took your advice and I went over to uh, my good friends at DH Gate. Okay. And I ordered a... <laughs> Ricky style Union Jack. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I want to match my buddy Todd, so he can well he can play his uh, whatever that is a uh, I guess like a three thirty five ish kind of guitar yeah, with like a, a, a Sheraton, un, like Union a, Jack you know, Um But this one is shaped more like a Rickenbacker. It, it pretty much yeah. And uh, so I, you know when we uh, when we have our jam nights, I like that. We can we can jam out Union Jack style. I think that's a great idea. So it's it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, it's I don't know. You never know what to expect. And and I had ordered it, and the guy said, "Well, it's uh, I, I need a few extra weeks. It's Chinese New Year now." I didn't realize that in China they celebrate uh, New Year's for an entire week. He said it'll ship right after you know, New Year, and I said, thinking, okay, well, here you know we celebrate New Year's one day. And then back to work, but not so much over there. And uh, so finally, he gets back with me, and he says, "Oh, I don't have any in stock, and I need you know another thirty days to paint one for you." And I said, "Okay, I'll give you thirty more days, and so hopefully, I will have one in the not too distant future." But uh, you know, it's a waiting game, as with uh, with many things these days. But uh, but it's cool, and I I just. I just love Union Jack guitars. So I mean, they're they're super cool, and it's not going to sure. cost you like three thousand dollars. Not at all. Maybe three hundred. Mm, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you pay for. That's true. I I and I f- know that going into it, and I know what has it's, to be it's done the to the novelty yes. factor. You know, if nothing else, I can take it here, bring it here to the studio, and we'll hang it on the wall. Yeah. I I totally understand that. Next time you do that, every every time you buy something like that, yeah. I'm like, next time you do that, tell me. I like to keep secrets uh, from you, Todd. Whatever. All right, Chris, <laughs> Vincent, what's going on in your music world this week that doesn't include building pedals? Oh man, that's uh, not a lot. But uh, I've been spending a lot of time uh, kind of going through. I like to buy a lot of uh, old vintage guitars and fix them up. So I've been kind of slowly but surely going through all the projects and getting them refretted or fixing up the electronics, the mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I've been spending some time and some money on getting the refrets. I've, I've kind of sworn off doing refrets myself anymore. I did like eight, I've done about eight or nine guitars uh, myself. And at this point I just feel like paying somebody so much easier. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. we just let them do it. They turn out great. And so I've got a bunch of like, you know, old Silvertone Jupiter and Ooh, nice. um, what else? A Tysco, the SSL4, the like four pickup uh, with four gold foil pickups. So I've got nice. a bunch of stuff like that, but with brand, you know, like modern, not super modern, but like at least brand new frets. And I usually put like 6105 or something a little more modern than the um, like the old really thin vintage stuff is, yeah. is a little bit too 
too thin and short for me. I like the kind of bigger frets. So uh, they really can make a huge difference in your guitar. Um, just doing a refret it makes a, a hard to play guitar a lot more playable. It also helps on a lot of those guitars that have a kind of a you know a bow in the neck already. Right. Uh, the the thicker, wider frets uh, tend to to create a back bow in in the necks, and a lot of those don't have the most adjustable of necks. Sometimes. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, that's something we've had to deal with. I've got a buddy who uh, works on my acoustics, and he has had to do some very precise math to get some of my old like K's to without truss rods to have the perfect amount mm -hmm. of relief. He's luckily he's very good at it, but man, I I can't even comprehend what he's doing with that. Yeah. Tricky but, yeah. business nonetheless. It certainly is, but man do they turn out really great when they're done. Like it's it, it is a kind of makes it makes or breaks a guitar. Yeah. Awesome. Uh let's see. Let's try Jared. Oh hello. Um so yeah, with the the uh, guitar show coming up, I am kind of re. Oh, how do I say it? I'm just I'm kind of reassessed. I'm I'm well, yeah. Of course, I have the inventory. I, I have all my guitars out on hangers now. Um, I'm kind of reassessing why I have the guitar, why I bought the guitar, <laughs> and and I could be more serious than I am now. Like number one, why did I buy it? Number two, why do I have it? Do, and number three, is it really important for me to keep it? Right. And I'm really asking myself these super tough questions. I know why I bought this stuff. A lot of these uh, were test guitars left over when I worked at Brandon Pickups, and I have a lot of my own stuff that I've designed still in these. You know, sure. and they're they're not high value, super high value guitars. They're quality guitars. And then I've got, you know, the the seventy nineteen seventy Les Paul. Uh, custom uh, fretless wonder i'm not a big fan of the frets and to be honest the reason i have that is because that's exactly what my dad had and what he played out for a lot of years and there's a lot of tape with him playing it on this you know with his band uh real old school reel to reel tape and so i it, i think i bought that for sentimental reasons and i just i have it but i barely pick it up and play it anymore so i think you know, let that go because to be honest, when, when you go, who's going to want it after you're gone and are they going to want it because their grandpa had it, you know, as far as nieces or nephews, I don't have any kids. So yeah, I'm, I'm having to uh, dive deep into, is it really important that I hang on to this kind of thing? And I need to get all that figured out before this show. So, uh, well, that'll also oh, free it, you to get new things. Yeah, trades, trades. Yeah. It's it's nah, man. I'm gonna try <laughs> to keep her. No, I have three different hangers with five hooks. So yeah, I always have to keep at least fifteen guitars. But I have room to get rid of some. So I have to really. Well, your amps figure stop out. too. You should drag some amps down there, man. I am. I'm. I'm taking my late '70s JMP and my uh, and the two cabs that go with it. Billy um, just woke up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it needs a cap job. There's a guy at work that'll cap it for like forty bucks. 
Sorry, Rob. Uh, you get what you and, pay for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's actually, it, it's a hookup. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. I think that amp, and I think I'm going to keep my pre-rollers and my 73 JMP with the uh, gain stage. And uh, the other amp with the, uh, I just loaded it with yeah. uh, Vintage 30s not too long ago. Got to keep that. Yeah. This is really tough, man. It is. And to, to top all this interesting, exciting news from me off, which, <laughs> whatever, that's what's going on in my guitar world. Uh-huh. Um, I am buying a hidden door. What? So this, it's not a, it's, it looks like a, a shelf, but it's actually a door. So, Todd, you know what my hallway looks like to get back to the room with all the equipment in it. Yeah. I'm buying a shelf and I'm going to frame it in. Oh, and it's so, actually, so and then it's when you pull on, door. On, on the book, that's on a book it, it opens up. Is that so yeah. if anybody <laughs> breaks in, they won't know it's there? They won't even know this back room is here. And now if they what's have your, a couple hours. Will, what, what's your street address? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I don't live <laughs> Nothing. Okay, it's my back street room. address. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Obviously, if somebody know you know listens to this, then they're going to be a suspect. But no, I mean, I think yeah, we're yeah. all suspect. That's, that's where you're going to keep the gimp. <laughs> Anybody that listens to this show, I highly doubt they're going to try to look me up and steal my stuff. Yeah, you know, and if I'm home, they'll get a, a yeah. shotgun in the face. But yeah. okay. anyway, any uh, so. Yeah. What, what the, about, how, how, how long will I have my AI glean all podcasts regarding yeah. guitars? How long will you be at that guitar show, Jared? Yeah. <laughs> and the dates? Uh, I'll have all this stuff with me. So yeah. Uh, let's see, Billy. What's going on with you? I just got back a Memphis special with two P90s from my guitar tech. You know, he cool. he, he put the he dropped the pickups in. Pickups like great. He got it playing as best he can, short of a fret job. He refuses to do fret jobs on my old pieces of junk. Mm. Uh, he's just yeah. like, it's not worth the money. You don't do it. I'm like, but it kind of is like, though. Make, I, I like play turning two hundred dollar guitars into seven hundred dollar guitars. <laughs> that that you can turn two hundred dollar crap <laughs> guitars into seven hundred dollar crap guitars. Yeah. yeah. So it's my thing. Yeah. Anyway, there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. wrong. With no, no. But it has flavor, you know. It has flavor, I, and I think a fret job would be really cool, cool on this guitar. You know, it really helps. You're an artist. Have you ever you tried? Pass. Ever ever tried to do it? Myself? Yeah. No. It's I really not no. that hard. It's just time consuming. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. It's do a lot that. of detail work. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard pass from Billy. I'm guessing. <laughs> All right. I just put, I just put a bunch of artwork in frames today, and it took me all day just to do like you know seven frames to nail them in there. And I was like, Yeah. Oh my god. This yeah. Is, I can't do this stuff with my fingers I hate anymore. Work. I can't do this stuff with my fingers. I have to save my fingers for you. Got to protect them. Art and and guitars. Yeah. Don't make salad before but a not show. Not making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that. Anymore. <laughs> um, so. Well, let me uh, go through what my this week thing is. Hey, how about you, Todd? What is it? Well, um, I uh, so as we're fitting this stuff, I, I mentioned that we started this thing uh, called Flint Effects, uh, yes. where we're selling um, these stompers for multi effects units. 
Oh, you're not selling mostly Flint strikers. No, we're not selling Flint strikers. Uh, maybe someday. Um, and there was one that popped up. There's a new unit that popped up uh, on Amazon, and I was I was checking it out. I was like, oh, that's a prime candidate for the Stomper. And so I, I picked one up. Just check it out. I was really impressed with the build on this thing. I am hmm. not gonna lie. I was like, wow, this is pretty hmm. dang nice. And all of the sounds and everything that's produced, this was a, it's like a $300 unit. And mm. it compared, like, uh, was it Anderton's and everybody's already compared it to, like, okay, here, we're going to play that next to a quad core, next to a Helix. And it's, they're like, um, there's like a $1,200 difference between these. And we're having a hard time finding a real mm. difference. Anyways. Wow. I was really, really shocked. It's the Valaton, Val, Valaton. I think it's a Spanish company. It's from. I think they're from coming out of Spain. A Valentino? Uh, no, that's a me. Uh, <laughs> Valaton Multi Effects. It's the GP two hundred, and huh. so we we created we made a stomper that'll fit that, and um, I. It's Maybe. pretty neat. It's fun, man, and it's got it. Uh, like I said, the build quality is really, really nice. And um, and I, actually, he's got a, a effects slash wah slash volume pedal on it on mm. the board. Um, it, it's a pretty impressive unit. I'm have not gonna you, lie. Have you considered selling uh, on Amazon? Uh, I can't. We don't have the. I don't have the capability to make them that, oh, okay. that many. Okay. No way. <laughs> Maybe someday if somebody wants to buy the uh, the All idea. Right. Right. Uh, anyways, um, how much? No. <laughs> I mean, yes, but just not. <laughs> and, and hey, everybody out there, you'll, you'll get the patent that comes along with it because uh, it's a patent pending. So. Billy will frame it for you. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Sweetwater, hit me up. Uh, so next, okay, this was really cool. I, th so we're done with the, the, what's going on in our music world, but I got a great message. Uh, all of the messages that we get are typically pretty great. Um, this message was from Mark Paget. Ah, yes. Longtime oh. supporter of the show, and um, we're grateful for his support and his camaraderie. He said, um, hey, I thought of something. When you have guests on the show, you should ask them for their dirty secrets. Exactly how the guests like their favorite distortion sound they play and how to get it or whatever. So maybe like a guest likes to use a Boss DS1 set to two for drive and the tone at noon and yabba 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 yabba, right? He said, I think it would be really fun to hear some of the specifics your guests like to use and why, if they are willing to give up their dirty little secret. And I was like, that's mm. awesome. I love our supporters, man. I freaking love it. That that's like that's that's the good stuff. It's like, hey, I like your show, but this would make it even better. I'll yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, of course. Um, and so with that, Chris, yes, you are our first contestant on what's your dirty little secret. Now somebody else <laughs> can come up with a better jingle for that. <laughs> I love your dirty little secret. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I think I've heard that somewhere yeah. before. <laughs> uh, so, based on what we just said, Chris, do you have any specific, uh, you know, dirty secrets that you have come to uh, in your playing that you kind of rely on? You know, it actually kind of ties in with uh, 
some of my other thoughts that I had for uh, what's up in my guitar world and also my four on the floor. So it's oh. going to kind of have some crossover there. But okay. uh, so I've been doing a lot of um, two amp kind of rigs. I really like mixing mm. two amps, um, doing either wet, dry or just two different kind of flavors. Right now, I um, I was uh, hanging out over with uh, Josh Smith and he had a little Benson uh, Vinny Reverb and a Fender Tweed Harvard. Uh, set up and he was running the two of those amps in unison with a little a b y mm -hmm. and it just sounded so good so i don't have a harvard but i've got a benson uh vinnie reverb and i've got a little tweed princeton so i've been running that lately and running the um the benson kind of pretty wet with the reverb and then both of them basically cranked is uh is really nice so it's kind of taking two amps and you know the different like the Benson's a little darker and the, the Tweed's a little brighter uh -huh. and a little more saturated. So it's kind of like, you know, kind of like running a, a wet dry, but really just more like a clean with heavy effects and then just a straight up like driven amp. Mm. Uh, I really been digging that quite a bit. That's kind of been my go-to sound for playing around the house. Um, on the other side of things... I also found a pedal that I cannot get over how ridiculously good it is. And it's kind of just an always on for me now. And it's um, the first of my uh, four on the floor, which is... Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold that one. Just Okay, we're going to hold on to that one. We'll so this it. is... We'll hold that for the next piece, but uh, it's a really, really good pedal. So okay. we'll keep that for the next thing. Well, let me ask you. Um, so I've dipped in and out of the two amp kind of rig thing a couple times and um i i do really like the sound it's like it, it it is amazing what that will do to just the overall thickness sometimes that can pose a couple problems depending on the kind of stuff you're playing yeah. um but i'm curious uh, what are you using for i'm assuming you have an aby uh yeah i'm using uh I use either a, just a a little Morley, uh, you know, a little cheap fifty dollar Morley works pretty good. Or I've also got one of the Lele or Lele, mm -hmm. I forget how to say that, but uh, one of their ABYs is also very nice. It's quite a bit more expensive than yeah. the Morley. I was just gonna say Lele is um, Polynesian for money. <laughs> yeah, very very expensive, <laughs> but it's it, it's really nice. It, it is killer. But for an ABY, I mean, the Morley does the exact same thing for a quarter of the cost. Yeah. For sure. Now, back in the day, I, I used to run two uh, Laney VC30s. Um, nice. And they're, what? <laughs> What'd you giggling Were you, were at? you playing for, like, the deaf or something? <laughs> well, they're, they're actually not as loud as, like, an AC30, but the, the Laney's are, it's a little different. It's, a, it's an AB. Okay. Not a Class A. All right. Um, but anyhow, um, I struggled for for a while and and there were, I always found there was kind of a either a loss of signal or or something with an, a standard ABY so what I ended up settling on was um at that time I don't even know if they still make them uh it was uh it was called the valvulator yeah and it was I basically a, a tube buffer amp mm -hmm. and a buffer amp oh. is a unity gain amp yeah so you could you could do the same thing with even just a you know, a fairly simple op amp buffer amp, but this one was kind of cool because it had, uh, you know, 
had the tube inside, so it has to be good, right? <laughs> um, but it was really useful in, in each of the outputs. You know, you had one in, obviously, and then each of the outputs had its own, uh, you know, it was at unity gain to whatever the input was. So I'm guessing whatever buffer they had in there uh, boosted up the, the signal from the line in, uh, and it, was, it, it split out very nicely. Um, the only hmm. downside with that is it didn't have you didn't have the option, although you probably could if you added some foot switches to it. But you couldn't uh, you know choose amp A or B or both. You, you oh know, right, it was, it was one signal going in, two signals coming out. But that one worked out really. I, I thought it was a really good sound. And and for those of you out there who haven't experimented with two amplifiers. Uh, it really is a cool sound. I mean, and especially if you have anything with stereo effects or anything like that, it yeah. really does, uh, uh, you know, if you can get something that swishes between the two amps, uh, it, it, it's a pretty incredible stuff. Word. That was some... That was some heavy gospel there, Tony. That's right. From from the old guy. I like it. Well, actually, <laughs> in, on that on that note, I have the radial ABY. I can't remember which one. It's not the hot. It's it's not. It's the passive one. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But what it does have, it's got a ground loop thing. Lift. A ground lift. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, can, I, I can build you a ground loop Thank you. if you want. I appreciate that. And it also has the series. Um, shocked at any moment. Uh, not the series, but I'm really good at this. The, uh, the phase, phase inverter. In it's got the phase, phase inverter, inverter, which... Um, which is handy. That is pretty handy to have. Yeah. So, and and that, I those are, I think, around, like, brand new. Those are, like, 80 bucks, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the passive ones aren't too expensive at all. Yeah, as soon as it gets, it it almost doubles the when you go into um, not passive. Yeah, and then you're like, well, geez, that must be better because it's twice as expensive. That would also be known as active. Well, I mean, call it what you like, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, okay. Well, that was super fun. Thanks for your yeah. dirty little secret, that's, there, that's Chris. A that was really cool. Dirty. And thank you, Mark Pache, for that. Double that was dirty. double dirty. That was really cool. Oh, I good love stuff. this idea. All right. Uh, hey, speaking of great ideas. You know, Todd, back in the day, you know, we were talking about splitting between two amps and all that fun stuff. There really was not a great way to patch, connect pedals and amplifiers and things like that. I mean, you'd go down to the old old music store and say, yeah, give me a five-footer of that and a two-footer of that and a one-footer of that. And uh, I feel like I should be playing a harpsichord right now or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. I didn't even think we had those options. I think no, I think it was this size and oh was, yeah, the really super <laughs> short ones or the super large standard cords, yeah. ten footers. So um, I was so pleased when we had toured your designs on our show. That's correct. They offer some incredible, and I do mean incredible, and wide varieties, different lengths. Uh, shape orientations, shape orientations. Even <laughs> the patented W shape is yeah, coming. They go. So. They they have TRS ones too. Yes, and uh, they're flat. Yes, very flat. Incredibly slim. Profile. And the part that plugs in is tiny. It is teeny tiny. You can, you know, you can, you can, you can literally add two 
or more pedals to your pedal board just by using these things, I would say. I, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Go to tourgeardesigns.com, load your cart up, and then on your way out, hit the coupon code and put in the guitar knobs, all one word. It's going to save you 10% on your entire order. 10%. It's a great deal. It's a great product. Thank you to Tour Gear Designs for making that great product and sponsoring our four on the floor. Jared, let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, Chris Vincent, R2R Electric, what is your updated four on the floor? All right, so we got a new one here. So I got to start off with this pedal I just found. Uh, That same session I was talking about uh, hanging out over at Josh Smith's house, he showed me this thing, and I was just absolutely blown away. So the company is Audio Kitchen. Uh, they're a UK-based company, and the pedal is called Fake Plastic Trees. And mm, little radio what I thought reference. originally was just an... Yeah, it's... Uh, I, apparently, dude from Radiohead uses these. Um, <gasps> Johnny Greenwood. He's actually an amp builder, but decided to take his preamp uh, of his uh, namesake amplifier and then turn it into a pedal and it is the most amp like thing i've ever played like it is it's got the touch touch sensitivity it's it cleans up like an ant like it just in every way it's an amp in a box but not it doesn't sound like a marshall it it feels like an amplifier which is really tough to get out of a pedal i feel like that's kind of what the um the benson preamp was also doing like he chris benson took his uh the preamp from his amplifier and then kind of put it in a pedal. And so this is kind of the same idea. Um, and I was just blown away by this guy and looks like it's uh, so, painted too. I could yeah, be wrong, but it looks like it. It looks hand painted to me as well. I mean, he doesn't make a lot of them. They're pretty, they're pretty pricey. Um, but they really do sound good. And he put a lot of work into it. Like I ended up, um, chatting with the guy a little bit when i ordered one and he's just incredibly smart and really knows his stuff and he's been building amps for a long time and so taking what he's learned from that and putting it into pedals is uh he did a really impressive job with what he's doing so that's cool i had to bring that up because that's literally now always on i i've got a little rig out here in the shop and then i've got one uh just a single princeton reverb inside for me to screw around with and that the fake plastic trees is literally I turn the amp on and that pedal's on with it every time. Wow. So that's uh that's kind of like my bass sound. W- were you tempted to get the big trees? Uh, uh I'm very tempted to get everything he makes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I can afford everything yet, but I I would really like to. I um I've heard of Nothing but great things about all the stuff he makes. That's that's cool. cool. Well, I, I think that's, we're going to have to get him on the show. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I would listen to that in a heartbeat. Fantastic. We will. I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. I'm going to say, listen, Chris Vincent and Josh Smith told us to have you on You're the, the show, so you better. <laughs> there we go. All right. So that's uh, number one. So next one. Um, these are. All pretty much on my little inside amp rig that I kind of play with every day. Um, the company's very good amp company, and they make a little slapback yeah. echo, the little uh, slap echo, and that thing is another one of my always ons. It's just, it's tiny. It's I guess it's modeled after the old Electro Harmonics uh, slapback delay, what they actually just reissued. But um, this has been out for a little while. But I've got one of the originals that I like. Uh, 
uh, quite a bit. So uh, having a little, you know, mini size one to sit on a pedal board is fantastic. So I love having that pedal on all the time. We had very good Ampco on the show. Episode uh, only ten after yours. Episode. Oh, two, is that right? Two nineteen. Um, they came out with that. Uh, it was the uh, was the Epi Drive. No, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, EP Drive. Yeah, EP Drive it was close. Fantastic pedal. Like it is. That's really well made. That's definitely also on my board. I was kind of say if I could do two for one, very good amp gets both of those because those are both on my wow. uh, inside board, the nice. EP and the Slap Echo. Really dig those. I'm I'm gonna just throw something out there. Um, I would consider that some of the highest highest praise that I can think of, considering the pedals that you make, Chris. So I will. That that's uh, uh, that's pretty that's pretty spectacular. Are they- um, it's good stuff man yeah and john was he's a great great guy and um at some point in time we'll have him back on too because he's he's making all kinds of stuff john um armelino uh anyways it, so i would encourage you all to go if you haven't listened to episode 219 please do it's worth it definitely do what's next so next up, we've got, and you guys have had this guy on the show as well, my buddy Jesse at 29 Pedals. Oh, yeah. Always like have right my dude on. the street from you, right? He is. Oh, yeah. I just saw him. We were just hanging out for his birthday the other day. That was a good time. That's cool. But So uh, I've got his whole lineup sitting right in front of me now, but uh, it's his new one's The Flower, the flower um, which is great because he actually designed that pedal uh, while stacking it with one of my treble boosters. So that's like oh, wow. his, the ideal setup in his mind was stacking his pedal with my pedals. So got to love that just off the bat. But all of his stuff, again, he's one of those guys that's just intimidatingly smart and uh, really knows audio and how to make stuff sound good. And I always have his pedals or his, yeah, they're pedals. I mean, it's a not what you would call a standard pedal, but the Yuna and the Wamp and yeah. the, fl- the, fl- the Flower's kind of his first actual effect pedal the other two are more like a what would you call it? like an amp tool like a, a utility utility exactly thank that, you that's almost that's, that's a buffer way to say it i mean because it's, yeah. it is it's sort of like a, i don't know what it does but it's awesome yeah but sh- yeah it pedal. sure makes everything sound better yeah and, and whatever and it's rare. doing and for those searching in the 200s of the episodes the 29 pedals was episode 201 just a few weeks before yours Boy, that's hey. right <laughs> tonight's the focus 200s were really good everybody <laughs> you guys really hit your stride there at 201 I'm serious. <laughs> yeah that's fantastic um so you you mentioned you kind of you talked about the flower very briefly but what is it uh, is there something that is actually i'm how do i want to say this He's your friend, and you have all his things. That could be a great reason to have this. But is there, or you like could s- be a stalker? Or, or <laughs> sonically, what is the little the, the super juice it does? So with the the flower is a it's an it's like a medium gain overdrive pedal is where I use it. Like it can get almost fuzzy um, depending on the settings. Uh, I like what he does with it because it's got the little the little switches kind of give you EQ curves as opposed to just a tone control. Yeah. Um, and each one kind of reacts differently with the way that the gain and the level work. Um, so they're all very reactive with each other. So it's, it's great by itself. It really, really works well stacking with a, either a boost or another overdrive pedal. Um, 
which I think is a lot of fun. I like taking, I like being able to blend the, you know, like the two amp rigs or like using multiple pedals, like stacking them up either in series or in parallel. Totally agree. Um, is, is a lot of fun and it's a really good way to get, um, you know, more than just your, your everyday, you know, tube screamer into your amp and go like you can, you can get some more interesting and diverse and, uh, more harmonically complex uh sounds especially with like you know driven stuff uh stacking pedals so that's what um jesse really intended with this guy and so that's one of the main reasons i dig it is it's kind of right up my alley as far as being made to be stacked along with other things instead of just being a standalone pedal yeah i i i'm totally down with that um and i i think you probably said it better but i always feel like i i get um unexpected overtones when if i'm stacking something totally yeah the way that they kind of work with each other you could be stacking or, like a, or don't work with each other very you know it's like depending on yeah. what that does if you're pushing it certain ways um it can be really exciting going like oh my gosh i haven't heard my rig make this sound quite like this before so right yeah, you can get some funky stuff that maybe isn't technically supposed to happen, but could sound really cool. Or it could sound nasty, but that's exactly what you're looking for. Um, you know, that's that's half the fun of, uh, you know, messing around with all this stuff is coming up with new sounds, whether it be as intended or not. Yes. That's, that's half the fun of it. You know, it just reminded me that there should be a, a pedal, and somebody needs to make this. It's going to be called Miss Jackson. If you're nasty, and it's gonna be nasty. It's gonna be just a nasty, nasty overture. I love it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, <laughs> as long as you don't get the cease and desist. Yes, <laughs> right. I don't know what right. Mitch Jackson you're talking about, Miss Jackson. I'm sorry. Hey, anybody else? I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Okay, nothing. All right, I'm on. Okay. Uh, We're still talking about dirty little secrets. No, that's that's all gone. That's all gone. Um, all right, last one. Uh, last one, and I I hate to be bring up one of my own, but it's actually a, you know one of my main things is I build the pedals that I build because I actually like them and use them. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to build something that I wouldn't buy myself. So uh, one of my new pedals is the the R two R preamp pedal, and it's we can get into it when we get a little further into yes. my stuff, but uh, I've been using the heck out of that with my little two amp setup out here in the shop, and that's kind of become my uh, everyday tone is that preamp pedal plugged into the little Tweed Princeton and Vinny Reverb, and I just have tons of fun with that. It's uh, you know, it's it's nothing crazy. It's just a single knob, but just a, a germanium loud button, really. And it just kind of sweetens everything up and makes those two amps sound really good together. Hmm. Indeed. Well, and, and and if you just ran to uh, R2R Electric um, website, I don't believe this is on the website. I could be. It should. I think I updated it. Let's take a look. It is. It's third one down. Third one Third one uh, down on the under boost pedal under boost pedals. Oh, under boost pedals. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Let's check out the boost pedals, everybody. Third one down. All right. 
That's the first one. Uh, that's, that's the, the second, second one. one. There it is. The preamp. There it is. Yeah. Hey, so it's this a is one of my preamp, just like you said. Exactly. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so this is actually based off of a really rare old Hofner unit that was. There's a lot of speculation going on online about what exactly was going on with it, but it's it's probably was built by Selmer, branded Hofner, because it was made in the UK, mm-hmm. and Hofner's a German company. Um, but it's, uh, it's just a little preamp circuit with a little um, OC71 transistor in there, and it was designed to plug into your home tube radio. Because back in the day, like the late 50s, early 60s, when these were out, it was really expensive in the UK to get a, an actual dedicated guitar amplifier. So this little thing, you plug your guitar into it, and it plugged into the auxiliary input of your tube radio and turned the auxiliary channel into a guitar amp for you. So you got this thing for you know a couple of quid or pounds or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you had yourself a, a tube guitar amp. Yeah, exactly. A couple... Uh, so it made it much easier for a lot of people who didn't have the money to have some kind of guitar amp when they would have... You know, either have the option of an acoustic or an unplugged electric. They could get this thing for super cheap and plug in, and it just happens to turn out it's very similar to like a range master, schematic wise. So I figured, let's throw it in a pedal and see what happens. And it actually turned out to be a pretty darn good, huh. just kind of clean slash dirty boost, depending on what your amp's doing. Yeah, uh, right. it, well, it's it sounds very great. Handsome too. It's a cool. It's a it's a giant big dial, big knob pedal. Those are always great. Is it a good substitute for a range master? Uh, it's a lot more bass heavy. So if you're looking for that, Ooh, like kind that's of that's what I want. Yeah. So it's okay. like imagine a range master, but if it was more bass heavy than treble heavy, but it still does that like germanium sparkle on the top end and everything, which is pretty nice. If you've ever tried like my uh, treble booster that you got over there, that amp top, if you use the input cap and increase the value of that, it lets more low end through, but it kind of gets muddy and fuzzy sounding mm-hmm. with uh with the really full range kind of um tones with it and with the preamp it does it still has that like top end sparkle and uh fidelity that the range master loses when you just increase the input cap value that's awesome does uh, it work well with uh accordions it, you know, I haven't tried it yet, but I do have an accordion amp, and it sounds great into that thing. There you go. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Good question, Tony Balonsky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Well, that's a great segue into the actual... Um, meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes of what we do here, what we do here on the show. Uh, so, Chris... As we mentioned before, we had you on, and and you went deep into the the things that you do and why you do them. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm as a recap, a very small one, an elevator style recap okay. for those who might be hearing this information for the first time. Okay, we're gonna we're going up maybe ten floors. What what do you do? So I build old effects with old parts that's kind of the the main thing that i do i really started off with the uh, range master treble booster and uh that was my main thing for a while and i've since branched out into a few fuzzes and now this uh preamp but it's all made from either recycled or new old stock components so 
everything except for maybe the enclosure, uh, sometimes the jacks and foot switches. Everything else is all from the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my main thing is I, I build old stuff out of old stuff. That is cool. That's, that's a fair way to, uh, to hmm. say that. It was like the four floor version. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ding. I, I think what you're leaving out is that these are incredibly well-made, very well-sourced, um, and redefined effects that you're making. Um, Thank you. These are, you know, a lot of times it'd be like, yeah, I got old parts, and here's a box of old stuff, and I jammed it all to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, <laughs> y- your pedals look as if someone bought them from 40 years ago, 50 years ago. That, like 60 years ago. 60 years ago. That's, Do I hear a 70? <laughs> <laughs> um, Starts to get weird 70, 80 years ago. The electronics were kind of strange. Yeah, and, and, and I would say, it, I mean, if you're looking at some of those pedals, you're like, what is this mess? When I say built as if they were sold that bad, I mean, they're, they're, they don't look like you got a bunch of whacked out used parts that, were of questionable quality um and you, your build qualities on these are are just exceptional thank you very much i definitely i i spend a lot of time getting things right that's for sure it it, it always takes me a while to uh perfect something before i'll release it because uh, not only does it need to sound good it needs to you know it needs to look nice on the you know inside and out um i'm just very very particular when it comes to this kind of stuff because i in the beginning, I never really started. I, I wasn't trying to start a, a pedal company or an effects company, uh, and so when things took off, it's you know I just if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the best that I can. So I take my time and try to get things right and make it look right. Yeah. Well, um, you've certainly created a reputation that I think is is uh, not often matched. Um, you know, it, it, people can make great sounding things, but when you're getting something that is this quality, this, I'm going to say rare, not in the sense of it's made of unobtainium, but they're, they're only made by you and right. you're not making hundreds and hundreds of them at a time. It's like, these are special pedals. Um, and I will say like, one one really neat thing is on the inside. What you do is you list all the special things that are in that. Right. Yeah. I always I find it super interesting, and I hope that other people find it interesting. What goes into the into the pedal? So every piece that uh, that I put in there, if I can date the thing, uh, if there's a date code anywhere, or if I know like where I bought them from, and like the whole stock what came from a specific time, uh, I'll write that in. Um, you know, so each capacitor, I'll date it and what kind and, you know, the, if it's paper and oil or mylar. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Because uh, I find that stuff super interesting. And, you know, l- luckily, it feels like other people find that stuff interesting, too. You know, maybe a small subsection of, of us guitar players that are that nerdy. But there's there's a few of us out there who, who get into that. Well, I think that that is also an audience that's split into two. One is that they're nerdy and they understand all of that but then there's a, the extra level of appreciation of going i i really am getting something hand sourced handmade verified super duper mega special and you know you've you've done several posts where you have 
um, lots of different parts and stuff that you're uh, going through and and verifying their quality and and their age and and uh, you know sonic uh, fingerprint and all that business and that's the kind of thing that makes you go oh this is going to be really special <laughs> I sure hope so you know I, I put a, I put a hell of a lot of effort in so it, it's always good when I I hear back from people that it, it turns out well and they're happy with you know, their pedal that they got from me. Yeah. Uh, it is definitely a collector's pedal. I would say, I, th- I think that that that's way, one of the things that I would, uh, categorize the things that you, that you create. Obviously they sound amazing, but it's also like, you're not, you're not going to get rid of that thing. There's, you're just not gonna, I sure hope not. You know, I, I, I haven't seen a heck of a lot of them pop up on the secondhand market, which is, uh, you know, which is a, I take as a huge compliment. Like I see them pop up from time to time and, you know, I get that people like it's an expensive pedal and sometimes you just can't hang on to stuff. I, you know, I buy stuff out of my price range too, Sure. Uh, but it always kind of bums me out just a little bit that they weren't happy enough to keep it. And it, you know, it's, it's hard not to take things personally. And I know I need to be better about not, but you know, I, yeah. every time I sell a pedal, I, I truly and honestly want that person to be like, be over the moon about it because why do this if that's not, you know, the end result? Yeah. Well, I think that you, uh, we've had several conversations actually, you've come up quite a, a few times on the show since you've been oh, on. Very cool. In the sense that, um, or at least in some conversation where we said there are, um, there are sort of echelons of, of builders, which don't necessarily make ones better or worse. Of course, no. But there are echelons nonetheless. You are going to get, you know, a collector's pedal that, and, and a lot of times those echelons have to do with price, but also availability right. and unique, uh, unique offering. And yours is yeah, definitely up on the upper shelf uh, of those. And, and that's not just me saying it. That's, you know, conversations that we've had with other guests and everything even. So, um, well done, sir. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Like that, that it definitely means a lot to hear that people are, people are saying those kinds of things. Cause I, you know, I don't spend a heck of a lot of time online or in forums or I really honestly don't know that much about what people are saying and so it's it's always very much appreciated i usually just have my head stuck under a soldering iron working away over here so (laughs) i don't know how does somebody how does somebody order your stuff i mean you go to Uh, your site what's 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 your process so the way i do things is i kind of i will i do pre-orders through my reverb shop and I've got a mailing list that's uh, I send out an email to with all the all the information on when the next kind of batch is going to be coming up uh, available. Because I'm just you know one guy, r- you know running a small business and a pedal production facility uh, all at once. Um, it's become the the best way that I can f- that I've been able to figure out how to do it and keep things kind of fair for everybody. Uh, for a while, I was trying to like you know just take custom orders. People could email me. They could DM me on Instagram. They could, you know, get a hold of me from anywhere. And uh, things got out of hand real quick. Um, uh, luckily, the 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 word spread about me very fast. So I had to kind of funnel everybody to one place. So the way it goes is, you sign up for my mailing list. Uh, when I'm ready to do a new batch of pre-orders, I'll, you know, if I got all the parts ready and I'm ready to build them, I'll probably do like. 
do about 50 to 70 um, per drop, which is about every month and a half. And so That's I'll send out the pretty e- high output considering it's a lot. the work that you're putting into that. It's certainly a lot. I definitely push myself pretty hard. I don't take many days off, and I usually am working uh, at least 10 hours a day, if not 12 or 13. Um, but you love doing it. That's the I, coolest I mean, part, man. <laughs> if I had a million bucks, I'd still be doing exactly this. Yeah. It, it's not, it's, luckily, it's not too much about the money. I mean, yeah. still got to pay rent and all that stuff, but, uh, you know, that's that's just kind of how, that's just what I want to be doing, so... But yeah, that's uh, so I put out the information through uh, my mailing list, let you know exactly what day, what time, what pedals will be available. And then on that day, those pedals go up for sale and um, ordering one gets you on the list. And then I try to build through it as fast as possible. Now, if, cool. if you have a drop and you say, hey, I've got these 50 pedals and, and someone says, I want one of the pedals and they're all gone, do they get put on... Is that like a carryover into the next drop, or? Unfortunately, that's just kind of got to wait for next batch kind of thing. Gotcha. So you got to jump on it, and if you get it, you're lucky. If you're not, try next time. Yeah, um, anticipation of waiting. It is. It is. I know it sucks for a lot of guys. I mean, for a while there, when like, luckily, I don't. They don't sell out as fast uh, as they used to. It used to be I'd put up a batch and they would be gone within seconds. Yeah. And now wow. it's... Uh, and then it's, you're like, I need to raise my prices. Yeah, I did that a few <laughs> times. I definitely yeah. did that a few times. And I feel like every time you raise prices, it would go faster. Uh, people are crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now it's like, I think the last batch sold out in like two hours. So there's a little bit more time. Yeah. It's still, in the grand scheme of things, it's still very fast. You know, um, granted, it's only 50, 60 pedals. You know, when a company like GHS draw, does a drop they're talking thousands of pedals so yeah. um, it's a bit more impressive when they sell out very quickly like that but it usually yeah you have a, a couple of hours nowadays uh, to to jump on so you if you're if you're serious about getting one it's it's not that it's not too hard anymore i know some people um, have a tough time and you know it it can be tough you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of overseas customers get the time zones uh, wrong and it's it can be frustrating but I just hope everybody can be patient with me. I'm literally one guy have, doing have you, everything. Have you so. ever thought about doing an only overseas drop? Uh, I, do, I try to do ones that are more geared towards their time zones uh, at least, but no, that's actually not a terrible idea. Japan would be uh, all over that. Oh, yeah. yeah I have to, <laughs> oh, man. They love I the definitely, gear. I, uh, I own a, uh, a handful of vintage pedals, and I would say... 30% of them, have, you have to literally plug them into a wall. They don't have the 9 volt. So my right. question to you is, do you, you know, when you cre- recreate with OEM parts or, you know, whatever you can get your hands on, mm-hmm. do you go out of your way to make sure that you can just plug the thing into a 9 volt or, you know, a 12 or whatever the thing takes? Yeah. Lo- so far. Building them or. It is, yeah. So far, I, everything I've done is um, is some variation of a nine volt. Um, but I've been looking at a few designs for the future that are uh, eighteen volt, and I'm not sure yet how I'm going to pull that off. Whether that be, you know, it's just going to be two batteries, um, or figure out a way to, you know, get some kind of voltage doubler so you can just plug a nine volt in 
uh, and it'll power it. So, um, so far, everything I've done has been nine volt based. So I haven't had to mess with it too much, but that is on the horizon. I would like to start messing with some stuff that's different voltages and, um, it's on my mind, but I haven't come up with a, a, fi- a solution with that yet. Cool. Uh, now, Chris, based on the kind of builds you do, uh, Tony and I were talking about this ahead of time. And actually, before um, before I called you, I, I was actually thinking, like, uh, how is he going to – where is he sitting in the, in the – in the market, in the, in the sustainability. And I don't mean from an eco standpoint, right. But a business sustainability, uh, cause you, you're making things that aren't really made anymore. You're making things out of things that aren't really made anymore for the most part. Right. Um, tell, can you talk, can you elaborate on that at all? Of course I have spent a majority of my time. I spend, uh, searching the world for parts. And since since I began seeing that this was going to be a thing, uh, I have just started buying up whatever I could whenever I can. And I got some good advice from my buddy uh, Tony over at TechSamps. And he said, when you find something, buy all of it. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, if you find it and it's something you can use, take them all because if you come back tomorrow, they will be gone. I did that I'm with done. Palm Pilots, and I don't know that I can actually <laughs> recommend. Uh, <laughs> you know, start tearing them apart. There maybe there's some good batteries in them. I don't yeah, know. Right. You never know with those things. <laughs> so I took that advice to heart and uh, very quickly filled it. When I first started, I was working out of my apartment in Hollywood. Yeah filled the entire apartment we had to move into a second bedroom filled that entire bedroom then most of the living room with boxes and boxes of old capacitors and potentiometers and everything you could find and so i'm fairly i'm fairly well stocked there are some things that i'm running low on and it's kind of a bummer and one thing i i had to make an announcement in my latest email that the um the oc44 transistors that i use in like the high end trouble boosters are they're starting to run pretty thin. I was lucky a couple of years ago I found a stash of a few hundred of them and I'm getting down to the last legs of that and they just aren't they're just not there anymore. There's so that's something that's it's a bummer and I'm finding new ways to deal with it. There's always an alternative. A lot of companies move to like um Japanese or Russian transistors cuz they've made very similar to all the American and British stuff that's so popular. Uh, it sounds just as good. It's just not the mojo parts. So you can get it for much, much cheaper. And that's is something the, I've looked into. Is the consistency uh, an issue there? You know, they're actually better. Oh. Uh, they're, that's why it's cheaper to use them. With, uh, with like the stuff that I'm using, uh, I wish I could show you a picture. So these OC44s, I bought several hundred of them. And I've still got a couple hundred, but half of those are just outright bad. Oh. Another third of those are really noisy and just basically unusable for that circuit. Uh, so you really, for every one transistor that goes out, there's probably five or six that are duds that I have to pay for, which is, you know, kind of all 
broken down into the cost and why they get so expensive is it's not just the one transistor it's the the six others i had to throw in the garbage to get to that one wow. kind of thing so they um the british ones especially are pretty pretty bad i uh I have spent a lot of money on transistors that I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to all of them, but they're basically just, they need to go in the garbage. Oh man. So it's, it's part of the game. And, you know, I knew that going in and wanting to build with as close to the original parts as possible. That's just kind of, um, something you have to accept, but there are definitely much cheaper options out there. Like the alternative, um, transistor that i offer for the treble boosters the ac 107 <clears throat> over the oc 44 is everybody's good sounding uh they just weren't used in anything famous so people mm-hmm. don't need them as much and they're far more consistent like i can buy 100 of those and 98 of them will be usable mm. as opposed to when i find these oc 44s or oc 75s you buy 100 of them and 10 are useful and so the the cost is just far far cheaper for the exact same thing really um especially with the old british the black glass transistors that were used in a lot of the famous british stuff like the tone benders Mm -hmm. the um range master stuff like that they all use the black glass germanium that stuff just because of its use in all the famous circuits the the price is shot through the roof and all the good stuff's you know, basically been used up. So when you find something, it's usually somebody's already gone through and you're just getting kind of the dregs of what they have didn't use. And so it's, I bought 500 transistors from, you know, untested transistors on eBay from a guy and I, I think one of them was good. Oh, <laughs> so there's, no. the, oh, there's a huge risk in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a story that may make you feel better. Um, so a good friend of mine, and this was a probably over 10 years ago, uh, he was into building fuzz faces and he was looking mm-hmm. for Germanian transistors. His day job didn't allow him to act on this eBay a uh, lot of Germanian transistors that was for weeks, like five bucks for several of them. And he said, Jared, whatever you do, just make sure you win this lot. I'm like, oh, okay. So I just... Out of a, I'm like, well, I'm guaranteeing you know, my my max bid was like 550 bucks, right? <laughs> and to the last second, it went up to like, and and I didn't tell him I put that bid in, and the last second it went up to like 523 bucks or something like that. I'm like, no way, it's crazy. It was five bucks for weeks, and then the last second, 525. I'm like, dude, it's 500. He's like, what? Yeah. Like you said, you said, <laughs> you said you wanted to get it. I had a guy come to me and believe it. wanted to do the same thing. And it was, we were trying to get five, there was five transistors in this whole lot. And the only ones we wanted were these like five. And we ended up paying like 1100 bucks to get this whole lot of transistors. It shot up at the last second and uh. it got lost in the mail. I got my money back. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, such a bummer. But yeah, these five, these it was the OC seventy fives, the Mullard stamped ones. Those ones are real pricey these days if you can even find them. And yeah, they just disappeared in the mail. Crazy. But so to go back, there's definitely there's ways there's ways to move forward. Um, So it'll probably have to be a bit of a pivot for the company just because most of the stuff I build, like people are still mostly the most interested in 
you know, using the the super mojo parts, and I totally get that. Right. Uh, so as long as I can keep doing that, I'm gonna. And you know, I'm I've gotten pretty good at searching and finding stuff, and uh, so hopefully I can keep that stuff going. Um, but I've had good luck too. Like the preamp, I'm not using anything, you know, crazy mojo part as far. You know, I'm using the AC107s just because they sound great. They're always good. I don't have to throw a bunch of them away. Um, and that pedal's been doing really well for me, and uh, people seem to be digging it. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of go where the people tell me. That's that's always kind of been the business model is, uh, you know, I'll list something, and if it doesn't do well, I, you know, eventually I'll fade it out and try to come up with something new that, you know, is exciting and finding exciting parts to use for them because, you know, I'm into that too. And I, I get wanting to use the super nice stuff. So as long as it's out there, I'm going to use it and then just start moving from there into different parts sources and see what we can come up with. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning if you do go on to reverb and you do look at R2R um, and you do see something used, help support Chris and maybe get one, get a, get one directly from him. I will always make them as long as there's people out there buying them. I'll keep making them. So yeah, as, as long as you can be patient, I know it sucks when you miss out and you, and you want to go on and I do the same thing when I miss out on a drop of somebody else's, I'll immediately go look and see if I can find it used. So I yeah. totally get it, but don't, you don't have to pay way more than what I charge. So hopefully people aren't doing that yet. Cause I know the second end market can get crazy. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, um, I think Billy just went outside and farted. He that did. was nice. Uh, he's so considerate. That's very polite. <laughs> I never did that when I was no, in the No, you uh, didn't, Jared. No way. I just uh, no, you just crapped your wild. pants in front yeah. of all of us. Uh, <laughs> Why not? You know, there's two ways of thinking on that. And, More productive yeah. that yeah. way. Now, I, I know that there's you have kind of spent your time hitting some of the, the, the big circuits that you um, probably gravitate towards. And one thing that I will say about the, the pedals that you're making is that they are definitely aimed at if you want like a pure straight up punch in the face rock and roll sound that's what this that's what your pedals do for sure that's definitely what they do and that's very much based on that's what they used to do right uh, I, you know i really don't change them very much at all from what the like they're the only thing i'll usually mod is a lot of fuzzes it will usually kind of only get about to unity and uh, I prefer them to be like when I hit a pedal, I want it to be louder than this. The signal should be louder than it was before. So that's right. kind of the only like major modification I'll do uh, to most of the fuzz pedals is I just kind of bump the overall output. That um, is but, that is one of the things that is really frustrating about if you do uh, try to get an old old pedal or even even a newer pedal that's based off of um, an old one. Uh, yeah, and they don't upgrade that i know i know like a lot of fuzz face circuits you get it and you're like what yeah how is crank this lower volume than everything else on my board yep yeah fully cranked is barely barely louder than yeah. your clean signal so yeah that's that that's always been kind of a, a pet peeve of mine and it's a it's a fairly easy uh tweak to make it can it can make the transistor selection uh, a little more difficult because it also any small inconsistencies or noise like germanium transistors are famously noisy and uh so bumping the volume also bumps that noise floor a lot too so it's a definitely a balancing act between getting the most volume and still keeping you know the noise floor down you don't want it to be 
super noisy, even though, you know, that's what old pedals do. And a lot of them are very noisy just by design, but I try, I always try to keep them as quiet as I possibly can while, you know, not sacrificing any of the tone. Yeah, for sure. Um, of the circuits that, uh, you know, I guess some of the old circuits of yester yore, <laughs> um, yep. are there any that you are still looking at, at doing and, or can you share that? Oh, most definitely. I, uh, I'm just announced I'm doing, uh, some Mark one tone benders for the very first time. Uh, that's, I'm going to do a really limited run of, um, like the old original wedge enclosures. Um, so those are going to be, you know, very, very detailed and very accurate as far as like all the part parts choices and getting as close to the originals. Uh, but then I'm going to do a, um, a more pedal board friendly version of that, uh, in the near future. So it'll still be, uh, same transistors and stuff like that, but just shoved into a little pedal with like an led and a nine volt, um, DC jack, stuff like that, just to make it a little bit more usable for guys who want to like gig with it as opposed to have, you know, kind of a, a studio tool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've definitely got my eye on quite a few things. I've, I haven't quite decided what the next one, the Mark one is really the newest thing that I've, uh, and then the preamp, um, I just, this is only my second batch that I'll be doing those preamps. So that's another pretty new one, but I'm always looking for something new. I, um, like I said, it's all, it's all based off of stuff that I want and I want one of everything. So if, <laughs> if I can build it and it sounds good, I'll make more of them. So, uh, I keep trying and, uh, build myself a bunch of stuff and anytime something sounds interesting i'll uh, i'll make more of them and see what people think that's cool that's cool i think we have uh, one more question for you i have a yeah. question chris please so okay so somehow you got started in all this did you have a couple of guitar heroes that inspired this like who would be your number t your two guitar heroes yeah this is based off of our previous episode that uh uh, we we just got through doing where we all went through like uh, guitar hero. So yeah, I'd love to hear yours. I mean, I think first and foremost, Les Paul is one of my all time favorite, just for so many reasons. He was an innovator on so many levels, and while he didn't, it, it wasn't guitar pedals so much, but it was a lot of you know the electric guitar everything and else. recording yeah. of electric guitar and everything else. Uh, all you know all of the above so definitely that man is a, is a huge inspiration just because i also still think of myself as a player before uh, a pedal builder that's that's always kind of been my identity since i was a kid was that i was a guitar player and i'm still getting used to this whole i'm known as being a pedal builder but i really i, I play guitar that's what i do yeah. um but not for money anymore so it's it's not as it's not as much a player anymore. I'm a, definitely a pedal builder, but <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, interesting, would, interestingly, Les Paul is the only guitar player who is in both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well as the Inventors Hall of Fame. Wow, that's right. Yeah, oh, he yeah. sure is, and that's uh, a huge reason why I respect the guy. I mean, most guitar players love to tweak with stuff, and, and you know, find different ways of you know, getting our ideas down on tape or what have you, or just out into the world. Uh, but he really, he really was, you know, somebody who took that to the next level. Yeah. And then, uh, man, that's a tough, there's like, it would be Les Paul and then so many others. There's just, you know, 
so many others, but as a, somebody who used pedals very effectively and somebody who wrote um, incredible music with those tools, I think uh, Jimmy Page would probably be one of my other all time. Just, you know, he, uh, he really had his stuff figured out and he did it very well. I know what you mean with the pheromone and stuff. Yeah, he could, you know, he just had a very distinct vision for what he wanted to do with his records and with his guitar and, you know, just music in general. And uh, I really like how he was able to make all that happen between his Echoplex, his fuzz pedals, his theremin, and all of that, you know, combined in a live show and in the studio. And I really like how he evolved with that, too. If you listen to The Firm, you can tell where he's doing like that. You know, he found out about the backwards effect. Right. Or, yeah. He was always yeah, a song called Satisfaction, the beginning of that. And so he kind of he kind of evolved with the times as well. So I give him credit for that. Definitely. Uh, Jeff Beck, rest in peace, obviously another one who just never stopped evolving, you know, as yeah. far as players go. Um, yeah, it's impressive what those guys did. Now, you know, a little known fact um Page wasn't actually using the theremin. If you look at some of the old ver- videos, it's actually Plant making those sounds into a microphone. <laughs> uh, just you know what? To Don't ruffle his feathers. <laughs> hey, so I have a question. Since you're you, you know you're out there in the heart of rock and roll land, and yes. you know we, we just mentioned a, a a bunch of you know a lot of times when we talk about heroes, it's usually people that early influences have been old and everything. Um, I'm sure you're around a lot of like pretty fantastic players. Yeah. Is there anybody that you think you would like to turn us on to uh, that isn't 80 years old? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. My God, there's tons of guys out here. Um, I one of my favorite guitar players of all time, uh, who I'm very lucky to say is a buddy of mine, is Mason Stoops. Um, he is a fantastic player, and he plays from uh, he plays with everybody. He's played with he's touring with Jackson Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just got off tour with Marcus Mumford. Um, he can do he can do a lot of different stuff on the guitar, and he is uh, definitely one of my favorite players that's out there right now. Um, Another really fantastic player um, is uh, Josh Joshua Ray Gooch. He's another uh, LA session guy who is just awesome. He's a, another good buddy, and he uh, he plays with Shania Twain. Uh, I've definitely got to be friends, come to be friends with a lot of the uh, the guys who are out there, um, you know, working with all the big names. They're not the big names, but they're the ones making them sound good. Yeah, uh, and usually those guys are you know the they're the super nerds like us who who love all the gear and dive way into it. So they're right up my alley. And cool, uh, yeah, those guys are just fantastic, and they're they're out working, and it's great to see you know really good players actually like you know being successful. I hear that, man. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, um, Chris. It has been a a joy and a privilege to talk to you more again. Um, and uh, if you wouldn't mind taking the newly given joy and privilege and jumping on to the uh, El Camino with us, we're going to go, go down to Jared's and uh, find out uh, a little thing that he's got going on. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's to that point of the show we all look forward to, as well as the other segments that are equally as good. <laughs> and I sing this little thing called, Would You Rather? A little pitchy, dog. Yeah. Sound, yeah. It sounded like a little theremin. Theremin at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard that. I heard that. Of course. Uh, this that? week's Would You Rather, uh, since... You know, our guest likes vintage stuff. We're we're gonna go back in time. So you you find two thousand dollars of cash in your grandmother's shoebox hidden somewhere in the house after she died. Why are you, you know, stealing God, from your grandmother? She's God. no, she's, she died she's, and oh, she left. You the she house. is an ex grandmother. Found okay. it in her house. <laughs> she died and it was in her house. She left you the house and you found a shoebox with cash. The cash is like. You know, 40, 50 years old. So you have a DeLorean and the... <laughs> wait, wait. The you, the, did you say you have a DeLorean? Yes. yes. You're going to go back in time. So just okay. follow the story. Okay. Go immediately <laughs> to the Cook County Assessor's Office. That was a hard left. That was a hard left there. <laughs> no, not Blues Brothers, but oh, okay. yeah. So you, it's glitchy. Just like in the movie, you know, okay. it's glitchy. It's so, glitchy, dog. It's glitchy. And you can control the glitch, but you have a. You can either go back to 1975 or 1985. Wow. Okay. This is fun. now. This would you one. rather you? And so, the only thing you can buy is is music gear. So, are you going to buy music gear from 1975? Or 1985. And it could be pedals or guitars or amps. But you have $2,000 to do it. You've got $2,000 and nobody's going to ask you, like, hey, this money's from 2020. What are you doing with that? No, you've got old cash. That's why the grandma story. Uh, okay. This is a really okay. good. I think we're I all guess. forming our answers. This is a good one, Jared. Yeah. This is good. Wow. Yeah. How did you think of this, Jared? Because... Or, you know, a vintage stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah, that's no, good. Love stuff. Okay. I love time That's a really good one. Tony Baloney is going to kick us off, and then uh, we're going to go around the horn following, and then we'll go We'll go. Tony, Billy, Jared, Chris, and then myself. Go, Tony. 50,000 gigawatts. <laughs> you were waiting <laughs> to do that. been sitting on that for a while. I was. I was. Um, here's the deal. I'm going back to 75 because you could buy some killer, killer stuff. All the, 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 the big dealers and collectors were buying stuff in the 1970s and things, you know, I, I imagine you could probably buy a 58 or 59 Les Paul for under $1,000 at that time. Mm. And uh, so I would, I, I think the money would go a lot further in 1975 mm -hmm. than it would. And I would be buying stuff because in the 1970s, all the music stores and things were saying, oh, get rid of that old stuff from the 50s and 60s. Amps, you want amps. yourself a nice 1975 Stratocaster that weighs 800 pounds. Yeah. Heavier With means better. State. Heavier means all the tone. <laughs> That's right. It's all it's all in the weight. Yeah. Yeah. I should I should have some pretty good tone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but a lot, of, a lot of bottom end. Yeah. Oh, all right. So that's a yeah. 75, 75. 
go make the money go a long way. All right, and you're gonna go for guitars, m- guitars, guitars. Okay. Uh, Billy. Okay, this is a rad answer. It's out there. It's okay, radical. I'm gonna go to the 1985. Okay, I'm gonna buy up every Tokai Telecaster I can get my hands on. Mm, okay. <laughs> Yeah, those were what probably yeah. two hundred bucks back then. Not even that. Yeah, yeah, two three hundred bucks. Yeah. New, yeah, you guys yeah. are all about yeah. the money. Yeah. What can the money buy? Yeah. I mean, yeah, get yeah. them all. I get. Yeah, so I'm just gonna buy them all. I'm gonna buy bulk. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna own the market on. <laughs> 2023. And you're okay. going to change your name to Billy New Tokai? New stock Tokais. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's what I'm going to do. The Billy right. Tokai experience. Yep. Jared, how about yourself? This is tough. Um, I'm going to go back to 1975. I should have I gave this more thought because uh, Mutron stuff was out, right? In 75? Ooh, that's a great question. Probably right around there, yeah. It'd be brand new. So if I couldn't find any Mutrons anywhere, I would probably go buy me a. Um, and I don't know how much I don't know how much the uh, Mellotron. I would get me a Mellotron. Oh uh, yeah. So it, it it'd either be one of those two. So definitely going to seventy five and look for either a bunch of brand new uh, Mutron stuff or just one Mellot- uh, uh, Mellotron. Yeah. Because those are cool as could be. I, I'd love to are. have one now, but you you pay a billion dollars and you, you played one at Nam. I I did, and the and the creator was there. I got to shake his hand and talk to him. That was cool. Um, that is Maddie cool. Mellotron or whatever his name is. I forgot his name. <laughs> Mike Mellotron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I got to got to meet him. Uh, so yeah, uh, kind of cool. weird. You think I would have said guitar, but. No, I just want to know what uh, what you would cool. do. Yeah, uh, well, we need. How you gonna out. How are you gonna fit that in the DeLorean? Uh, <laughs> Ski racks. Uh, Everybody's skiing. The Mellotron <laughs> stuff, I can do it. <laughs> Chris, how about yourself? Uh, or you? Yeah. Oh man, so I like both. Both are. I think I do. I think I do eighty five, just because uh, pedals wise, all the really old stuff was just junk and nobody wanted it in 85 fuzz pedals yeah. were not not cool in 85 at all so it'd be really easy to build up a really great collection of old stuff that hasn't been thrashed and thrown out yet so the 80s and 90s were rough on a lot of old pedals because they weren't worth anything so people would mess with them and screw them up and so there's a lot of modified pedals um that came through the like later 80s and 90s so it'd be great to catch everything before it gets messed with uh and have all these original circuits and stuff but 75 is too early because the really the stomp box revolution didn't start until 74 75 when mxr came out the first compact boss pedals were 78 uh so you wouldn't get any of that stuff in 75 so 85 Mm -hmm. you're gonna get a lot of the great tube screamers and boss overdrives and super Delays overdrives, and, the DM2 right. and all that early boss yeah. stuff. Go 80s. Uh, yes. So the 80s, there's a great amount of stuff and nobody wanted it. Everybody wanted their huge rack of gear and you know their BC Rich and whatever else or their super strat. Uh, and nobody was really thinking about it. old analog stomp boxes so you can get them for next to nothing. I mean, yeah. I bought my first analog delay pedal in... 
98 and I think I paid five bucks for it in a pawn shop. Yes. And that was 98. So, you know, take a couple more years off of that and everything would be dirt cheap. So 2000 bucks a long way. Yeah. You just have to find them in 85. There yeah. was no internet that you can look up to see. Yeah. That, there was a recycler. That is yep. a tough part. That's yeah. The classified. Recycler, that's right. No, the, the, the recycler was the, that was the, the jam back oh. then. The, the pink oh, newspaper, okay. Chris, you, 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 you remember? I don't remember that one. I remember the little nickel. Okay. We had the trade in yeah, the penny times. saver. The penny saver was. I all forgot you were in LA. Time. You could yeah. find anything in LA. So you'd be fine. I'm going to go. Tokai Breezy Sound was actually what they were called. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Those I'm going to go back a day before Billy. And get all the Tokais. <laughs> no. Foiled <laughs> uh, no. again. Hey, Chris, you, you and I are thinking a lot like here. I'm going back to 85, and I'm going to snatch up all the Les Paul Juniors. There you go. Ooh. All of them. Smart. Every one nobody, of them. There you go. Because nobody, nobody was playing those then. That, yeah. That, everybody wanted super strats, pointy, the whole night. It's like yep. it was... And and then and the bursts were expensive then. I mean, bursts were ten thousand bucks by eighty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and while I'm there, I'm gonna sneak into a couple warehouses and grab a few boxes of um, parts for Chris for now. Excellent, oh, please. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like that. that right? I'm like I'm that kind of guy. Wow. I'll take them all. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a good one, Jared. Thank you for supplying thank that, um, Tony. We got a few people to thank, and then we're going to. Um, let Chris out of his cage. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Todd, because at this point of the show, there's a very special group of people we love to thank. These That's are right. our executive producers. Now, what's an executive producer? Well, that's a person that makes this show possible. How do you become one? You go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out a couple different levels. You can participate, become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. And each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts. Uh, but as an executive producer, there's one thing more that I just can't remember. Jared, do you remember? Oh, you get, yes, you get to have your name read on the thing. Your name just like you're doing right now. read on the thing. Billy, That's right. do you have anything to add? What thing? <laughs> Tell us about the thing. I'm telling you about it's the thing. The whole thing. Yes, and nothing but the thing. So That's special right. thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader in Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mac D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, I lost my place. There it is. Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterle, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lem, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Barazin, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hammer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, Andrew DeHaan, and Andrew Bell. 
Yes. Oh, Super but wait, wait, Todd, wait, wait, not so fast, because we have another special group of executive producers. All another group. We like to call them our grand poobas. These are the creme de la creme, the fez-wearing master patrons of all time. Something like that. Sure. <laughs> so special, special, special thanks to these... Grand Pubas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wild Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, uh, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, and Congregation Gear Demos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you all so much for the support of the show uh, to allow us to do things like we just did, which was have a fantastic time with Chris Vincent of R2R Electric. Uh, We need to say a giant thank you for your time, Chris. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. It's been a blast. Awesome. Uh, And people can find you at? You can find me at www.r2relectric.com or on Instagram at DJ Lava Lamp. Perfect. Uh, Tony? Go over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things that I do. Perfect. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you're trying to do. Buy some awesome pick guards. Buy some awesome pick guards. Custom pick guards. I will make something very nice for you. Pickguardian.com. There you go. Billy? Um, Go to Facebook. Billy Spitfire Unlimited. Perfect. Jared. Short and sweet. Go to Instagram, jared.allen.brandon. Send me a message about whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can email me, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com, or you can DM me on Instagram, at guitarnobs. Uh, love to hear what you think, your hopes, your dreams, and uh, your would-you-rathers and stuff. Also, please go check out my band, The Villantinos, on Spotify and all kinds of stuff. We're going to be dropping uh, new tracks, uh, new singles coming out one after another awesome. pretty soon. Who will pick them up? Uh, every, hopefully everyone. And also, if you have your pedal, uh, your effects pedals, such as your HX Stomp or your Eventide H90 or something like that, go to flintfx.com and get a stomper to protect your knobs. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a fantastic guitar weekend. Subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the finger. Okay. So, Chris, we're not going to ruin your entire night. Just some of it. A mucky muck. A big head. Jared, are you there? Jared. Yeah. I figured it was something like that. Yeah. It happens. Computers. (laughs) Hey, while you're up, can you grab me another one of these? Oh, let's see. I usually do those. You didn't even take them out to dinner first or anything. You just jumped right in. <laughs> I know. <geez. laughs> I'll Holy take you out man. to dinner. Come on. <laughs> Whoa, that's heavy, people. All right, somebody get Billy something to drink. He's not oiled up yet. I'm not oiled up. Give me a or something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs>
No, this is great. I'm just sitting back listening. Oh, good. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Watching the ship sink. <laughs> and away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.